We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. And we want to remind you that uh, we're going to have a fellowship at Brother Jim Upton's on the 22nd of this month at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, weather permitting, Lord willing. So I'd like to see everybody come out and just have a good time in the Lord. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking a little bit about this holiday that's coming up and uh, what the Bible says about it. So stay tuned. I'd like to read a passage of scripture. It's found in Micah, the fifth chapter. And it uh, tells about the birth of Jesus Christ. And like I said last week, even though we don't celebrate this day coming up, uh, we do believe in the birth of Christ. But we've done some research in the Word of God and found out that there's an awful lot of parts that's not true when people talk about the birth of Jesus Christ. And I know what it says over in the book of Revelation, that uh, 22nd chapter, that uh, <clears throat> uh, we're not going to be able to enter in if uh, we'd be telling lies, and, and it, it does warn us there, in 22nd chapter, about verses 14 and 15. So it's something to think about, and there's a lot of lies been injected into the story of the birth of Christ and the time and all that kind of stuff. We want to look here at... Uh, the fifth chapter of the book of Micah and uh, Micah, and he said, "Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops. He hath laid siege against us. They shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon the cheek." We know that was talking about Jesus. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth 
have been from old and from everlasting. Therefore will he give them up until the time that she which travaileth hath brought forth, then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel. When I think about this passage of Scripture, there's a couple things that stood out to me. First of all, uh, Bethlehem is the uh, actually called the house of bread. Then Ephrata means a fruitful place. And I couldn't help but think when Jesus came, he taught us that he was the bread that came down from heaven. And then at that uh, Last Supper, he took the bread, he broke it, said, Take eat, this is my body, which was broken for you. And then he took the wine and the cup there and the wine, and, and uh, it says fruit of the vine, I realize that. And uh, he said, uh, This is the New Testament in my blood, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. So when he came, actually, both of those names represent him, born in Bethlehem, of Ephrata. He was the bread, and he was also the wine, or the fruit of the vine. And it just seemed like there are just so many miracles when we begin to study the Word of God, how that Jesus represented so many things, and he came and fulfilled it all. And I think about as he hung there on the cross, he said, it is finished. And I've often said this, if we can find anything that he did not do, that he was supposed to do, well, then he wouldn't be the one. And I think about in uh, Matthew 11 chapter when John had been put into prison, John the Baptist, and uh, Jesus was out preaching and teaching and baptizing at the time. And John wanted to make sure, so he sent his disciples, and they came to Jesus, and they said uh, that John had sent them, and they wanted to know for sure, are you the one, or should we look for another? And you would think that uh, John would never have such a question, but sometimes whenever you are uh, in a desperate situation, you want to make sure, you want to make sure that everything is just right, and he was in a desperate situation. He lost his life right after that, and they killed him. And uh, so he wanted to make sure. Well, Jesus said, you can just go tell John again. And he began to tell him about the miracles that he was doing. Uh, the blind was receiving their sight and the things that was happening. And he, he did say something else. He said, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. So uh, Jesus came fulfilling all the things that was written of him. And if you knew the word of God, when Jesus came, they should have recognized him and received him, the, the people of Israel. And yet the people that were supposed to know, the learned people, the scribes and the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders, they're the ones that rejected him. He said he came to his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as would receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So uh, he came so many things in the, the Word of God that uh, identifies Jesus. And we want to talk about a couple more things here in just a moment. But uh, right now we're going to have a song from Sister Jill. And I believe, you know, even though that people look down on us and uh, what uh, what's wrong with them? They they don't want to celebrate uh, Christmas, uh, the birth of Christ. Uh, don't they believe in it? Yeah, we do believe in it. 
But, you know, if we can hold to this truth and do what the Bible said, the Bible said, Come you out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you unto myself. I'll be a father unto you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. I'll dwell in them, live in them, walk in them. Remember what it says in the Scripture? So if that is the case, we have to be separated from this world. We can't follow after the things that they do. We've got to follow after the Word of God. Sister Jill is going to sing a song for us, and uh, her and Darren, and uh, Brother Darren Haller and his wife, and uh, she wrote this song some time ago, Victory Cometh in the Morning.
You know, if we just hold on, just think about the victory that's coming in the morning. I, you know, I think about what it's going to be like when we get to see Jesus and look upon his face and just, uh, it'll just be such a, a wonderful time. And uh, I think about what we have coming if we obey the gospel. And it reminded me of John, you know, and also Israel. It, it's sad that they didn't really receive Jesus when he came like they should have, but there was a remnant uh, that did receive him and believe on him. But uh, John was a, he knew his ministry. He knew what he was sent to do. And he knew that one day he was going to see Jesus and uh, he was uh, talking about that. One time the Pharisees and some of those groups sent uh, people out to ask him if he was Elijah or if he was the Christ or that prophet. And uh, he said, no. And uh, whenever they asked him that, they said, well, then why do you baptize? And uh, if thou be not Christ or Elias, neither that prophet. John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standing one among you whom you know not. He it is who's coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latches I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Beth Arbor, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. I want you to think about that for a little bit. You know, one of the reasons that we don't like to celebrate uh, this holiday coming up, first of all, I've never yet found a commandment in the Bible telling me to celebrate it, the birth of Christ. Now, we are taught about the birth of Christ, how wonderful, how uh, magnificent that it was that salvation came to the human family. God came down, wrapped himself in flesh, and lived among us, and went to Calvary and died in our place. It was a wonderful, wonderful story. And it's true. And that's how we obtain salvation. We realize that. But on the other hand, I think about he was the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. I think about back in Egypt, when they left Egypt, in the 12th chapter of the book of Exodus, that God gave them that day, and uh, the Passover, we call it later, and because that night, the angel of death was coming through the land. And if they wanted that angel to pass over their house, they had to get a lamb, take it out of the flock on the 10th day, get it ready, a lamb for a house, unless there was just a maybe a couple people in one house and the lamb would be too much, then they could share it with the neighbor. But it was a lamb for a house. That's the way it was. And they killed it, put the blood, applied it upon the doorpost of their house. So when the death angel passed over, that he would not stop there. Nobody would die. That's what brought them deliverance that night. Well, later on, at that time, it was a lamb for a house. Then later on, in the book of Leviticus, you can read it in other places, but Leviticus 16 pretty well tells the story uh, of how God commanded them from that time to take a goat or a lamb. And uh, in the 16th chapter, it says goats uh, of Leviticus there. 
and uh, they was to take and get two goats. One was going to be called a scapegoat, and the other goat had to die. And that blood was put up on the mercy seat, and that was the blood that uh, brought redemption, not just to uh, one house, but to Israel. And they did that once a year, the high priest went in. So it was uh, a lamb for a house. And then God had this goat, scapegoat, and then the goat that was going to die. And the blood was shed for the nation of Israel or the people of Israel. And that's what they did then from that time on. Well, then when Jesus came, John recognized him as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. I happened to be at a, a lumber yard one day. I was standing there and waiting to get some lumber, and I got talking to another fellow there, and happened to be he was a farmer. Well, I grew up uh, working on farms and things like that, but it was always usually milking cattle and stuff like that. And uh, But he got talking, and here he raised sheep. And I said, I got a question for you. I said, uh, what time of the year is sheep born? Uh, is it all year long, like cattle? And uh, he said, oh, no. He said, most of your sheep are born in the spring of the year. That's when your lambs come forth in the spring of the year. And he said that once in a while, maybe February, but mostly March and April, he said, the, the lambs are born. I never knew that. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Then I got thinking of Jesus being the Lamb of God. Then uh, wouldn't he be born like the sheep were at that time or the lambs? And uh, I got thinking about that. Then I started doing a little research in the Word of God. And I began to find out some things. And I, I found out that, of course, uh, the beginning of their year is not like ours. We say uh, January 1st, the beginning of a new year. But actually for Israel and all their feast days and things like that, their beginning of the year was more like the spring of the year between March and April, the month of Nisan, the first day. And it was called the time of life. And Jesus made a statement. He said, the enemy, you know, we know what he comes to do, to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I got thinking about these things and some other things that I had searched out, and I don't um, uh, accept the fact that uh, the 25th day of December is the birth of Jesus Christ. And uh, I've heard others say, well, then you pick a day. Well, I was not told to do that in the Word of God. I was not not told any place to celebrate any particular day. and But I do believe in His birth, and uh, there's so many scriptures in the Old Testament, I don't have time on these little short broadcasts to go in and deal with all of it. But uh, I think about Isaiah 9 and 6. You know, we talk about that a lot because it identifies Jesus in a spatial way. It said, unto us a child is born. Okay, that happened at Bethlehem. And uh, then it said, a son is given. And uh, that son that was given happened to be when he went to Calvary, and he was the Lord's sacrifice that we might have redemption. And he was sacrificed at Calvary. And I think about the way people talk, and, and because the wise men came and bearing gifts, then they feel like that um, we should uh, give gifts one to another. 
But if you want to give God a gift, if you really want to give Jesus a gift, you know what uh, he says in the Word? He said in the 12th chapter of the book of Romans, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, neither be ye transformed by the, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So if we're going to get uh, a gift to God, why not give him what he wants? And what does he want? Present your body a living sacrifice. We'll go over to the 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews, and it talks about what we want to give to God. Okay, let's look at something here. It says, Jesus Christ, in the 8th the verse of the 13th chapter of Hebrews, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them which have occupied therein. I like verse 10. Now watch this. We have an altar. Wherefore they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts which whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. He went to Calvary outside the city. All right. Let us go forth therefore unto him without, outside the camp, in other words, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, by him, listen to this, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. So if you want to sacrifice daily, you know, they used to have that daily sacrifice, well, why don't we do what the Bible said? Offer a sacrifice of praise to God continually. And these are the things that God wants. If you want to give a gift to God, present your body a living sacrifice. Live a life for Jesus from that time on. After all, look what he did for you. And look what he did for me. So uh, I think about a lot of these things, and I listen to all the foolishness that goes on, and then uh, they try to mix uh, heathen practices with this great event that God came into the world to save sinners and to set us free from sin, and they want to mix all this other stuff and celebrate parties, all these kind of things, and yet the Bible tells us what God wants from us, and it even tells us that this time of the year would not be the time of the year that that, that happened. So uh, we believe in the birth of Christ. Yes, we do. It's just that we don't want to be part of all these heathen practices when God told us to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. See, your time is going. It goes so quickly. We're going to have a, a song now from Brother John Prink. It's an instrumental playing the guitar. And the song is, Oh, I Want to See Him.
have been listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd, inviting you to join him again next Sunday morning at 8.30 here on WMBS. We've been